0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast. Teaching you of the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. Today, I am joined by Gabe Harris. He is the CEO of Fact Media. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, Gabe, but he's running the Fact, uh, the Straight Facts podcast. And uh, it is F-A-C-Q-T-S. So definitely check that out. I just did an interview on his show and we got into some nitty gritty on Facebook ads. And this is really cool because this is almost like a a two-part episode we're doing because I'm more specialized in helping people run their first Instagram and Facebook ad campaign. We're just going to say meta ads, by the way, for the rest of this. Because uh, whenever I say Facebook ads, people are like, what the hell I want to learn about Instagram. When I say Instagram, they want to learn the other. It's the same exact thing. We're going to say meta ads because... Mark Zuckerberg would like us to do so. So we're going to help him out. So meta ads is what we're talking about today. But if you want to catch my episode where I talk about more how to structure your first ad campaign, how to work with like a limited budget. And even if you don't even know if your product works, then you can check that out in the description. Uh, But then today we're going to be talking about more so scaling Facebook ads and also running them for B2B companies. A lot of things that Uh, you know, we haven't talked about that on this show. Whenever I'm talking to any interview guest, I'm always looking for what's the info that you have that I don't have so that I can make sure this is an episode that is truly unique out there. And, uh, Gabe has some really great insight as to how to run some ads on a grander scale. So we're going to be getting into that today. Get ready to take some notes. Uh, but Dave, excuse me, Gabe, how are you doing today, man?
1: I am good. By the way, anytime someone says, Dave, I always want to turn around and say, hey, uh, that is my uh, uh, synonym name. Uh, But yeah, man, definitely excited to be able to talk about how you can be able to really skyrocket your results with Facebook advertising. uh, And what are the difference makers? Because you're going to hear a lot of people talking about how great they're, uh, they're doing on Facebook. Uh, but that is not going to be everybody. There are a spectrum, say, like on the bell curve of performance, like say somebody's getting like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 of performance, they are doing well. However, uh, there are people on the other side of the bell curve who are also burning cash as well. So hopefully to be able to better position you so you are more likely to be able to uh, uh, have a better ROAS and really better uh, LTV to CAC ratio with your Facebook advertising or your meta advertising. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I don't know what you're talking about there. All right. Meta ads. Got it. Uh, So yeah, we're going to get into uh, the mean potatoes in a little bit here. First, let's learn a little bit more about you, Gabe, just how you're in the entrepreneur space at all. Just give me like the macroscopic overview of like how long you've been an entrepreneur. um, And if not too long, you know, tell me just kind of the transition away from whatever you were doing before.
1: Yeah, 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 so I've been doing uh, social media ads for seven years professionally now. Uh, before that, I had a another life. I actually, I used to uh, be a, a local DJ. I used to produce music, a bunch of like local events, and that kind of got me into the, the social space. Uh, but realized like, oh man, there's a lot of opportunity here and really uh, jumped into it seven years ago. Uh, one of my highlights was working for uh, Keep. They're a small business CRM where uh, me and my team were actually able to lower their cost per acquisition by 70% literally overnight. Uh, Short story, we had a bad video. We replaced it with a better video, and it made the world of difference. Uh, So much so that Facebook even noticed and turned that performance into their own case study uh, to highlight the potential of advertisers on their family of platforms.
0: Awesome. Is that Keep, the company that sells the hair loss product for men? No, Uh, not keeps Uh, K E A P S P S.
1: It is K E A P uh, formerly known as uh, Infusionsoft. If you're familiar with them, Uh Uh, they're they're big competitors, HubSpot. They're a uh, uh,
0: CRM for small businesses. Okay. Much, much different. Um, So yeah, guys, it's a CRM. It's an email marketing platform. I didn't know Infusionsoft had, had changed their name. I think maybe too many people were calling them Confusionsoft that they had to Change it. Dude, Is that what happened? I'll,
1: I'll give you a little inside info. That was like uh, uh, one of the bigger reasons why uh, uh, people internally did not like
0: Confusion Soft. I, I pay attention. All right, I pay attention hardcore when I. So yeah, it's, Russell Brunson ruined it for you guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> you'd always call it Confusion Soft. So um, that's interesting that that's actually how it played out there. Uh, but okay. Awesome. I'm excited to get into some of these B2B ads because that's uh, not as much my specialty. Um, but all right. So you've been an entrepreneur for about seven years, DJing before that, um, question on DJing. Is it acceptable to play the one stomp this time, two stomps this time song?
1: One stomp this. Th- no. Oh, it took me a second. I would never play that. Okay. Uh, all right. Perfect. You can continue. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I i just would never play that unless if i'm at a wedding uh and, and you have an old grandma who oddly is requesting that song and you have to play it the old grandma is, play, is requesting
0: if it's requested it's all, sure. only time and you're like all right i'm getting paid to do this you know i gotta gotta do it but uh all right good that that's not on your normal list
1: <laughs> yeah 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 definitely excited to talk about um uh, B2B ads and really B2B is similar to B2C as well. Uh, it's really, you're, you're selling people. The difficulty of B2B is you're selling a much more complex uh, product or service than say selling like uh, candles or you're selling a Coke. You're selling a service that uh, uh, for a lot of people can't has to be explained within a conversation. And your challenge is how can you be able to tell somebody what you do in say under 30 seconds.
0: I was gonna say is the large uh obstacle uh taking this complex product and turning it into a simple sell, just because you only still have such limited attention from people, you can't be like, Oh, we'll just have them watch this, you know, 15-minute video and they'll uh they'll be all about our program. You know, you still have to be able to sell your offer. Uh, very quickly. So what would you say like whenever you're working with this new company, um, is this like one of the first objectives? Like how do we sell your product uh, in one to two sentences? Is that like one of the first components that you try to make or kind of walk me through your initial process of uh, ad planning?
1: Yeah. So try to find out what's, uh, what differentiates them from the markets. Uh, uh, like what what really stands out, what's, uh, uh features that they have that are, are, are different that you can be able to have it differentiate from the market. Uh, that is going to be the big, biggest one. And then also, how can you be able to uh, visualize what that uh, service is? So the easier, because you can talk about a service all day long, uh, but if you can be able to visualize what you're talking about, the audience is going to be more aligned to what the actual benefit is and the clear understanding that they have, like, oh, that's what they do the more likely they're actually going to engage, click and become a customer.
0: The clarity of the ad is uh, of ultimate importance. Would you say that if an ad has any bit of, if the customer's confused at all, is that a instant, you know, no sale?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not a no sale They. uh, uh, Everybody, there's always a conversion rate. However, your conversion rate is going to be much lower uh, if you're trying to sell on a multitude of different things. Uh, So you you want to be able to uh, express what that benefit is, but simplify uh, that benefit as much as possible uh, because you don't want the audience to think. You want them to know and to be able to as quickly understand uh, what the benefit is. So like one great example that you can be able to do is use split screen uh, and you'll start to see this more and more and more now, uh, where uh, say your uh, audience is doing a a certain function uh, where uh, it's taking them a lot of time. And say they're going through like in Excel and with your function, everything is automated. Uh, so, what they'll be able to see a split screen. This is what I'm doing now. I'm really frustrated. Where with uh, with your product or service that you currently have, it's a much easier flowing. So, the example I'm, I'm actually really trying to describe is there is an ad that we ran with Keep where on the right-hand side, you see somebody who has their keyboard and literally hitting their head doing nothing uh, and just angry at their computer, where the person on the other side, you see them typing away and you see all the automations that, that they're doing, like email sends, uh, uh, onboarding new clients, send them to demo, yada, 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 uh, all the different automations. So by seeing somebody who's frustrated and doing no tasks, versus say on the other side, somebody who's going through and happy with their working, and you can see all the automations that they're going through, you're able to get a quick understanding within three to five seconds, oh, I know why I, I should actually be watching and clicking on this ad. Uh, where uh, if you're not giving that clear visualization or that clear uh, uh, video, then the chances that somebody's actually gonna watch your video instead of that cute puppy video, which is right beneath it is little to none.
0: So in this case with the CRM, um, did you guys identify that the biggest problem that people had with other CRMs was just being able to operate them?
1: Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? Yeah, uh, well, our in in that particular, our biggest competition was Excel sheets. So a lot of small business owners are going through Excel, and they're lost in the communication. Uh, so they don't know how uh, 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 how everything is connected. Uh, they don't know where their organization is at. Uh, they they have to use multiple docs, and it is not as seamless. Where with Infusionsoft or Keep. Uh, uh, everything was more of an automated. So you saw that automation happening uh, in the visual of the video, it's happening above the person's head. Uh, So because of that uh, simplification of understanding what the benefit of the video is, it made a world of difference. And actually in that particular video, it wasn't the case study video, uh, but uh, just by launching that, we are able to lower the cost per acquisition by 60%. uh, that. When you have a good video, uh, it lowers it literally
0: overnight. Absolutely on a lot of fronts because, um, one, because people are more just identifying with the ad. Two, when Instagram and Facebook see that you are retaining their uh, people on the video longer and they're like, oh, this is not ruining people's day. Like this ad is uh, not ruining people's day (laughs) in the feed, right? It's not like just ripping them out of like, what am I doing? I'm on Instagram right now. This ad looks like crap. Like, you know, it doesn't like, zap them out of the matrix of being in the scroll um you know it doesn't make them leave the app they give you kind of a discount and then like if the ad is good enough to share that's how you're going to get those free impressions when they're actually sharing the video with other people so um it it really can uh exponentially increase the um the, the acquisition uh or decrease i guess the acquisition cost of your ads um so tell me about like what was the video before as compared to yours
1: oh uh so the, um there is a couple stages into that uh, uh the video before that were were other things that i was doing uh, that we were testing out um and then well we had a case study and then we were testing a couple of different videos and then we had that one i was just uh, referring to you that uh it lowered the cost per acquisition uh by 60% again uh but i'll get, so i'll give you the original videos um it was a video uh, you should break up with email. It was a simple video that had, it was a basic animation that had a heartbreak and on the right it says, break up with email. It meant nothing. Uh, honestly, I don't know why it was the best performing ad at that particular time, uh, but it was. Uh, and it was, uh, and it had a whole bunch of copy uh, and headline to give a little bit more narrative of why you break up with email because with uh, Infusionsoft at the time, there's uh, more automations built in Uh, that you don't have to do that directly through email, you can use it through a small business CRM. Uh, What we did is we, uh, so by the way, the primary tech, in the audience's tier of attention, uh, it's creative by far and away is going to be the number one for the audience's tier, and then it's going to be headline, then the primary text, and that's the copy above the creative, then it's the advertiser, then it's the engagement. Uh, So by putting that language in the primary and text in the headline, the chances that the audience are even going to be aware of what uh, that copy is, is little to none if they don't care about the creative. So what we did is we put that messaging uh, in the creative itself and we used other best practices. So we had a human face. Uh, we said, we we still use, I'm breaking up with email, but then all the copy that we had, why they're breaking up with email, where the average person say 40 hours a week with Infusionsoft. So again, we had a benefit of what, uh, right from the get-go. And then we talked about how that benefit is possible later in, on in that video. Also having audio captions as well. Uh, and that's what made the world a difference. Instead of like a, uh, excuse my language, am I, le- well, I, I'll do it anyways. Just having have a shitty uh, uh, graphic video, uh, there was a human face talking about the benefits that were not uh, in the creative before uh, and leading with that, uh, the average person saves 40 hours a month because of those automations.
0: It really is going back to very simple marketing is what you're doing in both of these cases, a problem and solution marketing, not just solution. Like we've got this program. Like most people are just like, all right, how do we talk about our product? as if they don't already own one of your competitors or have actively considered it or w- are actively considering them now before they even make their decision. Uh, and if you're not creating some kind of problem and solution marketing, if you're just like, keep the best emails you can send, you know, or just uh, the, send emails fast, like uh, emails, uh, bus- business emails made easy. If you just talk about like why, like it's a benefit, but without saying like, stop throwing your keyboard against the wall, get keep and and just like tying it together where like there's the headache of the other programs that you're using and you're wasting all this time save 40 hours per week with keep like it's not just we send emails and you can do that like it's it's not talking about just what your product does it's problem and then solution you always have to have the pair there um i like some of the other little tips you said about the creative like so using a face um is better for stopping the scroll there's some other mm-hmm. little things that uh are good scroll stoppers that people can easily implement.
1: Yeah, yeah, so great product shots as well. Uh so especially if you're in the B2C, uh you can do like really captivating product shots. Um uh let's see in the B2B B world, what is good besides face? Uh face t- typically takes the lead uh If you can do product visuals uh, of how your service or product operates, that is awesome. However, one thing that I would uh, steer away from is if your product is very complex, uh, don't show product visuals of that because the first... Typically on Facebook is going to the audience's first touch of, point of your brand and if they see something that they're not familiar with your design. They're going to be overwhelmed and go, ooh I don't I don't want to learn that because there's so much going on. So if you do use product uh, visuals, I would recommend to simplify it. You don't have to just show exactly what your actual uh, product is but you want to be able to give them them a visualization so the audience has a simple understanding about how they can be able to use it. And you'll see this all all the time, especially in like the the CRM world. Like uh, if you show me a screenshot or a visual of Salesforce, I am going to throw up inside and I'm not going to want to continue. However, if you're able to simplify that, so I have an understanding like, oh, this is the benefit, better uh, customer management, and it doesn't have all the bells and whistles, then I'm going to be more likely to engage, interact, and later down the line, then you can give me the more in-depth all the stuff I have to learn. Uh, but from the first touch point, I just want to know what the benefit is. What what am I going to get out of it?
0: And is that because uh, there's a potential for the sale to still happen from that type of ad? Otherwise, the awareness is created.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. And then you're running like a second layer of ads, it sounds like, to people who engage with the first ones. but don't Yeah, buy.
1: yeah. Ooh. Uh, I'll give you a little on. on so for retargeting, uh, everybody always talks about uh, retargeting. Uh, from my experience on the B2B world, is retargeting is kind of like that creepy guy that uses the same pickup line 10 times. After the first, maybe the second time, Bro, that line ain't going to work no more. Uh, and you have to be aware of where the audience is in the funnel as well. So they have the first touch points. Uh, they're aware of what your product or service is. Uh, meet them down the funnel. Meet them where they're at. And A, you want to give them a different messaging point. Uh, so give them a, a, having a different video, having a different uh, image. Uh, or maybe even a carousel video as well, uh, but give them a different benefit of what your product or service is or give them a different offer. Uh, so instead of you just set giving a hard sale when you're retargeting them, say that you can be able to give them a free coach uh, coaching lesson. You can be able to give them a free audit. whatever relevant to your product or service, just using the same video and using it as retargeting, you're going to get... Uh, A high volume of your audience who's going to get saturated with your messaging and and just doesn't want to see you anymore.
0: When you say the retargeting is like using the same pickup line over and over, are you referring to if you were to turn that same cold ad, that first cold ad as in just like, oh, yeah, and then just keep running that to people who click? Uh, do, so you mean in that sense? Okay, so you don't mean like if you create different retargeting ads, so you do vouch for, right? that? So like the people who engage with the first one, you don't just show them like, hey, they clicked on it, show them that ad. A lot, right, like you just say, all right all right, they clicked on it, they didn't buy, or you know become a lead um so now they're going to get these next couple um nudges down the sales process
1: yeah, 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 you can't fit a a circle in a square box no matter how how many times how hard you try to push it uh so yeah I, I I see that a lot people do a retargeting with the same uh video and or the same image uh or the same creative. Uh, and from my experience, it just never works.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if it didn't close them, um, the first couple of times, then that point was probably not quite enough to be with that person needs to hear. Um and some of them they're just like, well, like I gotta hear from another customer. Right. So some retargeting ads could be uh testimonials. Um, or they could be uh retargeting ads with, you know, the the sales call. Uh okay, hey, you're not ready to buy yet, but hey, here's a free call. Right. So um just kind of downselling on um, you know, if you're not this committed yet to buy right now, then let's, you know, take one step back. Um but yeah, testimonial ads, uh especially for B2B, I bet that works extremely well. Um is that a big part of your retargeting strategy yeah, yeah, yeah i i wish i said that before
1: you uh so <laughs> from my experience uh testimonials are okay uh from a first uh, uh from a first touch point but in a retargeting 100 because they're already aware of who you are uh so yeah if you have testimonials uh uh Test them out for first touch. Obviously, like if it, if it floats, it floats. If it sinks, it sinks. The great thing about Facebook is it mitigates risk. That's uh, if something sucks, it does not get any budget. Uh, but definitely use testimonials for retargeting. And that is going to warm up the audience and better position them because now they're already aware of who you are and they're looking to see uh, can they trust who you are.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So if the first one, like, all right, Hey, I can solve your problem and this is how, how much it is and I can do it. they didn't buy it, but they were like, all right, that sounds great. It, it then comes down to, Oh, they must not trust you to provide that. Right. So the testimonials can be good. Um, or even just, uh, giving them more information and exposure to you overall all do, um, ultimately help push that process down. I think even when people see multiple different ads from you, even if you are running like five different ads to a pool of like, uh, 3,000 people and uh, just over and over like these 3,000 people think you're like a celebrity taking over the internet, right? They're like, dang, I can't get him off my feed. He's got all these different ads. Um, and it g- can create this like instant, um, you know, go to person in the space um, with with these different ads when you have like when they're seeing like all these different ads from you, you know, they're assuming like, oh, they must be running a ton of different ads and they must be working. And there's a lot of just natural proof that comes from um, them seeing multiple different copies than just you know, the one that you threw together and they just see it over and over and over. Um, And, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, yeah, the pickup line or like even s- saying like the same joke. If You know, if you're like uh, saying the same joke to someone 10 times, they're like, all right, it's, you know, pretty, pretty done after a couple times. So,
1: yeah, it's like that one friend is about to tell a joke and like half the crowd is like cringing because they know exactly what he's going to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so great stuff there. Um, What would you say for... Um, at what point do you recommend businesses run ads that directly try to sell the product? Do you like to like test offers that way, or do you more like to? Um, is there a certain point or level of achievement that businesses should have, maybe in the organic sense, even um, just a certain amount of sales before you even recommend someone uh, try to set up? this extensive ad campaign with cold ads and retargeting ads and all of the offers and landing pages that they have to make, Uh, at what point in a business should uh, someone start considering doing this? Um, Honestly, you could be able to, to start doing it at
1: any level of your business. Uh, Obviously you have to be able to have the funds in order to be able to, uh, properly run it. And also you need to be able to have the volume of a uh, data to be able to make actionable decisions on it as well. Uh, but I run uh, ads for a, a B2B clients that it, they don't even have an Instagram account. So we advertise for them with a ghost Instagram account. So if you click on it, it actually goes to the face uh, Instagram homepage. So it, in the audience's tier of attention for an ad, the advertiser is is and I said this before but I'm uh, it's either 4 or 5 I think it's 4 that they notice the advertiser before the engagement but it's, it's not high up there uh so the it is not going to be hugely detrimental it's not going to have a vast negative impact if you don't have that many followers because the amount of people who are actually going to click on your page and start following you from those paid social ads is little to none. Uh, most people are just going to see the advertiser. Eh, I don't know what, what they have to offer, but their video is going to tell uh, give the story. And if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Uh, yes, Coca-Cola gets a better return on ads because of their brand awareness. But that doesn't mean that you can't start running ads right now and, and not be profitable.
0: Got it. Yeah, that's good to know that the, uh, if you all really think about it too, that are listening to the show, like how often do you see an ad in your feed that you're like, let me think if I want to buy this? Uh, how many followers do they have? Uh, if they had like 500 more, I would buy it. You know, it's like rarely uh, the difference maker. Um, and rarely do people even go to the company's page at all. Like they don't even visit the profile um, at all. If they're just seeing your shoes being advertised from whatever shoe company. They're not like let me you know make sure they have an extensive track record of being in business for years before I consider buying this. They're just like, "Oh, I love those shoes. It's a good deal." And then they're like already checking out the so like branding like credibility in terms of like how many followers you need is actually um, you know, not high. But that that's good to hear that it really is that low on people's list. Um now you said creative was at the number 1. Would you say that even audience targeting is potentially above that?
1: Uh yes however you have less control over your audience than you do for your creative you have a, almost absolute control over your creative unless if it's an image and you tell facebook i want you to do those uh advanced where it gives like a little bit of movements uh and avoids eye fatigue but the size of your audience uh It depends on what your budget is. But say with the size of audiences, like the smallest lookalike audience in the United States is 2.1 million people. That's huge. Uh, And you're not able to tell Facebook, well, I only want you to target 100,000 of those people. It's the 2.1 million people. Uh, And that's the smallest one. On larger accounts, I'm actually using uh, lookalike. I I build up. You start 1%. You build it up to lookalike 10%. And then you're also using a CBO campaign budget optimization where you have the look like 10% and you're just going literally broad uh, to where you're giving Facebook meta as much data as possible to be able to best triangulate who your ideal audience is. Uh, So while you do have control over that, uh, the algorithm is much more intelligent than you or I ever could be. And it's able to better identify who the audience, who your ideal audience than you are. Uh, and the creative uh is going to be the largest impact that you have control over
0: even finding the audience um yeah 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 so Actually- uh- to explain that in just other terms, because I know a lot of people are like brand new to Facebook ads, like what we're talking about with like the 10% look like audience and such. Uh, essentially, when you make a look like audience, you say, I want uh, you to find the 1% of the U.S. population. If you're trying to find, you know, U.S., then uh, 1% of the U.S. population who is closest to the people mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Right. And then the 10% audience he's talking about is show me the 10% of the United States that is closest. So, um, the amount of people in the U S that are on Facebook, Instagram results about to 2.1 million people. When you find 1% of it, when it's 10%, now it's 21 million people. So obviously way less has to be in common about these people, but he's saying that because Facebook and Instagram just know so much about customers nowadays that the audience targeting rather than you, it be reliant on you putting in exactly who they are to find them. They already like can read what your ad is about, like scan what the creative is about and already be like, oh, I get it. You're selling like a CRM. And, uh, you know, even though the that person isn't, uh, you know, part of the audience that you made, which is Grant Cardone and interested in entrepreneurship, like 25 to 45, you know, even though they're not in that, we're like, look, they're looking for a CRM right now. So like, you know, you know they're really good at at knowing Uh, who is your audience so that you're finding that um, having more open audiences is, is beneficial for you.
1: Yeah. yeah. So like a good example is uh, say somebody who's never worked out uh, in the past 10 years or shown any any interest uh, and uh, their friends have finally uh, their friends push them offline to go to a yoga studio. Well, they're so excited that uh, they tag the yoga studio before they go in before they go in and the very first thing that they do after their their workout, they look at their phone and they start seeing all the likes that they got. And they scroll down, they see an ad from Lululemon. Why do they see an ad for Lululemon? Be, uh, because they targeted broad and they allowed Facebook to use that data. And somebody who may have never shown interest before, but they just tagged it at, at a yoga studio. That is prime location. So you're actually, by giving too, Facebook, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're getting them peak, they're at their uh, emotional peak for your product. And you would have never known that or never placed that before. Uh, but uh, that creepy targeting that you uh, you always hear about on, uh, on Meta, uh, it is because the algorithms know more about us than we know about ourselves.
0: Facts. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So I I really like that point that you're making of like how time specific this offer would have been for like, hey, like she's out of yoga studio right now. She's buzzing about it. She posted about it like she's leaving yoga class. She's talking to this lady about maybe getting a monthly membership. Now's a good time to show her some yoga pants and some yoga gear, right? Rather than um, like someone who's interested in yoga because, hey, they've liked videos in the past, even though like, they haven't been to a studio in a while, right? So that's what sometimes t- um, specific targeting can do. Although I have been a big proponent of more specific targeting in the past, I'm seeing more and more so uh, to open it up, but especially with products that have a timing factor in it. Um, to name an example that I just went through is a, a client selling wallets. Um, what a time-sensitive purchase, right? It's very hard to be like, your wallet sucks, buy this one. You know, it's like, to just come out of the blue, like, my wallet's not broken. But how their ad campaign works is they know who's in the actively trying to buy a wallet right now, right? And they might not have given enough data to Instagram and Facebook over the years um, that they like leather wallets and leather crafting or, you know, whatever other things that you would put in there to be like, this would be my audience, right? Uh, more like your main customer more so than anything else is someone in the market to buy your thing. Like in pretty much in all situations, someone in the market to buy what you're selling is more of your customer than any kind of demographics and psychographics that you can put together. And that's why we're really seeing the, the open targeting being better because it's, it's going off. It's still able to always find those people.
1: Yeah. And that is not a foolproof plan. You have to have enough budget to be able to do that too. Say if you're only spending say $30 a day uh, and going broad targeting, that's like giving a five-year-old kid a fire hose. Everybody's going to get wet and you're not going to be able to, you're you're not going to get that fire down at all. Uh, So you need to strengthen your uh, data up. Uh, before you can be able to go to those larger audiences. But as you grow, uh, you want your audience to be able to grow as well. Uh, because there's going to be a, a time when you're using the detail targeting that it, it's just going to go uh, dry thin, that your budget's too large for that detail targeting. Mm. And then you build your way up to look like audience. And then Uh, If your budget's big enough, then you move up to broad. Uh, But if you start there right away, you're like, man, I'm going to target broad. I'm going to target everybody in the U.S. (laughs) I, uh, I apologize for that advice if you have not built yourself up there yet.
0: Uh, that's why I like so much of this advice is like, you have to have the wisdom to know what we're talking about. You have to understand things on a conceptual basis on the podcast. I was just on with him. Cause he asked me about like, what should be your average budget be per day? The type of ads that I run when we're uh, testing to audiences, usually under 500,000 people at the beginning, you can play around with these $10 budgets and they're also lead generation campaigns. If they're sale campaigns that needs a lot more impressions. So like there they needs more budget, right. To, to be able to play out, Um, like, so like what you might be looking at, if you're running to a 1% lookalike audience, you might wait until your frequency gets like over five to 10, probably before you're, and it's running well before you're opening up to 2%, 3% and so on. Right. Are you kind of waiting till you, you reach a certain frequency before moving on to the next level?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's kind of like reading braille, uh, where. If you're if you if you're not using retargeting because retargeting can get your frequency up really really quick. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you're getting like say at the high ones or like about to like a two um, over uh, over like say a couple weeks uh, period of time, then I would look into broadening that audience out.
0: Okay, got it. And, and you also, you who... oh, I'll give ahead. you a
1: little cheat for that. Uh, so you don't just go ahead and uh, add in, say you're doing detail targeting 500,000 people. You don't go lookalike 5% right away. Uh, do campaign, do CBO. So you have one ad set for your detail target. You have one ad set for your lookalike. And let Facebook deti- decide where to distribute the budget to. If the lookalike 5% isn't giving you an ROI, uh, then Facebook won't give it any budget because it's not getting those uh, objectives done. Uh, So don't make that determination. Let the CBO, uh, because it is much smarter than you and I.
0: And for those of you, uh, if you guys know what we're talking about, this should make total sense right away. If you're like, I don't know CBO, stuff like that. We only have so much time to like dive into each of these terms, but I have a video that I will link in the description uh, that is just walking you through Facebook ads manager and explaining every button and every term and what everything does and what CBO means and all this stuff. So it's just for people who are like, just give me the glossary so I can actually like know what you guys are talking about. So check that video out in the description if you aren't sure uh, what all these terms are. Um, But the thing I wanted to ask you about too, because we were talking about how creative can be used to find uh, your audience targeting. And, Mm. um, you know, what I understand from that would be that you're doing things like we talked about before, like, um, you know, attention, uh, business owners, right? For like the keep uh, marketing, like you're just saying something in your copywriting or in the. Uh, creative itself, where you're trying to do some kind of call out to your target audience, um, so that even if you are targeting wide, if you say, um, you know, hey, business owners, what what's going to happen? Every business owner is you know going to take a second and stop on it, and everyone who's not a business owner is going to scroll really quick. And that's what we want. We want, yes, we we try to call you out. It wasn't you. You scrolled on. You helped us optimize our ads because you just showed Facebook. You had nothing to do with it. And, you know, that helps that you target. Um, so, so am I correct to say that? And then also uh, piggyback off that, if so.
1: Yeah, 100%. Actually, what I, I, the way I like to phrase it is your lead quality is a reflection of your funnel. So like nobody's going to fill out... Uh, uh what's no uh no politician Oh, whatever that's a bad example but we'll, we'll use it a politician isn't going to sign up for a small business uh lead form that's not who they are if you're if your funnel calls out small business owners guess who's going to interact with your ad small business owners so the better you're able to call out who your audience is—that's a reflection of your lead quality. So the better your creative, which is going to be one of your most impactful, if not the most impactful, variable uh, for your social media advertising, uh, the better it calls attention to who your audience is. Facebook's going to identify that, and they're going to—they're uh, going to see those behaviors and those behaviors of the audience who already interacted with it. Is it going to be a projection of who your future target audience is as well?
0: And what are some other ways that you uh, call out audiences other than, um, you know, attention, market name? Um, and is this like this is the first line of the caption? It sounds like and or the like right on the creative itself. Is it ever on the creative itself that it says something like attention? Yeah,
1: or it, it could be attention or if, uh, uh, if there's a way because you don't want to be screaming at people. Uh, But if there's a way that your creative can be specifically calling out who your audience is uh, visually, uh, that is going to be more compelling. Or whatever your benefit is uh, for uh, your product or service, uh, that also is going to uh, call out your target. It's like, I don't give a damn about purses. Uh, That's not calling out who I am. But 100%, if you if you have a purse in your ad and, you, and there's somebody who is happy enjoying that purse, guess what? People who are more likely to engage with that ad are going to be targeted because of the people who are interacting with it.
0: So even just when you get likes and comments and everything over time, that helps them optimize faster. Um, but having this, uh, I, I've heard of this concept before from Dan Henry. He coined some term around it um a a qualifying hook i think is what he called it like rather than just saying like um like if you're selling ring lights uh like a hook would just be like here's how to 3x your uh your videos and go viral um he would have like a qualifying one where it's like hey content creators here's how to 3x your uh videos right and just having like that initial um, you know, hey, content creators, or you could do the attention um, or just start using the wording. And also just having the words in the caption also lets Facebook know what your ad is about quicker too so that it can actually get it to the right people. Um, so there's a lot of parts here that you uh, using this can be really good. Um, now, when I've seen when it works well versus when it doesn't, um, let me know if you agree with this or not, is if the market is... Um, maybe a little bit more niche or not as advertised to as much it works better so like if you're selling badminton rackets and you have an ad that says like hey badminton players they're like what like you know they never get called out if you see like hey small business owners it works but they're also like what now right like they're like i've heard like a lot of people say hey small business owners so have you found that it works better with the audiences that maybe don't get hollered at as much
1: um 40% 40% of my ads are attention small business owners. Okay. Uh,
0: nice. <laughs> it was you uh, that's yeah.
1: saturating it. Um that's why I I don't like yelling at your audience and saying, "Hey, uh attention small business owners." Uh that's kind of like um uh, belittling is not the best word. Uh, uh but like it's cheap. Uh, so if there's a way that you can be, yes, I, 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 I uh, by the way, you, when te- making creative, you should test both of these. I don't have all the answers. Uh, and the way that I get a couple of the answers is I test. Yeah. Uh, so having both of them 100% it, and it makes, like calling out, say, Batman and players because that they're called attention to less. Uh, yes, that totally makes sense. Uh, if you are in a saturated market, uh, I would say be more creative with uh, calling out your to- uh, your uh, uh, ideal audience. So instead of saying maybe attention business owners, it could be are you uh, are you tired of dealing with terrible leads? Are you spending way too many hours on the phone uh, on, on sales calls? That's going to give a deeper connection, and it's not going to be as uh, uh, fake isn't the right word, but it's going to be. Uh, more tied to the audience's pain while still calling out their uh, uh, who they are.
0: Yeah, th- there's something about like attention business owners. Like the- they know the next thing isn't going to be like, oh, is it like a free value post? Like, you know, they know they're about to be sold something too. So like you throw some advertising flags up that it might not. It- it- they've heard it before potentially. So I get what you're saying of, um, you know, you can still just ask any question. It doesn't have to be attention uh market name even though it's really easy to plug and play in that and it can work um but you're also saying test it and i like that because when i first got into like an ads course i was in the facebook group and i kept being like oh has anyone tried this before and they're like test it like the answer is always test it like who cares like you like it's all about testing like the the good to great marketer is just learning I'm gonna have to make a lot of different creatives and a lot of different captions, a lot of different headlines, and a lot of different combinations of all of them, and run to all of them before I get to the best one because I don't know what my best guess is. Um, only they can tell me. Um, this really all that can happen um, because there's a lot of factors too. Is like this: Facebook and Instagram like the look of my ad because that you'll get like a slightly cheaper cost. Like there's certain colors. Like I, I don't know. I always find like they really like the blue colors. Like a lot of my blue color ads like do do well. Like the light blues and such. Um, I don't know if it's because they like the light blue or do the people stop on that because they like blue, who knows? But, um, like that's just more to my point of, uh, who knows what kind of combination is actually going to work. Um, and if you're just running a single ad and then it doesn't work, um, you didn't really give it a fair shot. You, you got to, you know, put in a, a couple guesses as to how to sell it before you're, you're going to find the right one. It's rarely like content. A caption A is how I title my ads. Like rarely is like content A caption A the the one that wins.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, 100% agree. Uh, Also, you should be testing out uh, a high variety of different ads as well. Like uh, uh, a lot of videos that you'll see being tested or a lot of images. Uh, There's only incremental differences. And you know, when you're testing incremental, you get incremental returns. So if you're having also a hard time sourcing ideas, I imagine you probably have given out this advice a ton of times. Look at your competition. Go to Facebook ad library and see what they're doing. Or honestly, I would recommend uh, if they're testing, just do a selfie video. Do a selfie video ad captions. Uh, how a how easy is that? You have control over the messaging points. You don't have to wait three weeks for a uh, – uh, an ad that you're going to critique to death to come out, you can do it right here and there. Post it on, on uh, post it on your Facebook ads. And if it sucks, you won't get any budget distribution after three, four days.
0: And that uh, almost is better to run as a, a story ad too. Um, like just this vertical video of yourself. You, it's easier to fit in the caption because uh, as a regular post ad, you, you get cop, capped off at the one by one. Um, and there's also, you know, so much other stuff going on in their feed. Like the next things are real and it's already creeping up in their feed. So it's like um, if it's just you talking on camera, it probably blends in a little bit more naturally on a story where people are like, oh yeah, do, I must follow this person. Because all of a sudden they're just watching your story of you talking. I think I might may try that actually because it, it's a lot less intimidating too, I feel like, to, to just do a, a story ad um, where – uh, hey, no one can comment on it. You don't have to be worried about haters, right? <laughs> so there's there's one thing for it. Um, but yeah, you, it's just real simple. And then you could just put captions on it and it will probably blend right in with the, the other story feeds. Just let them know, this is the problem that I solve. Uh, you know, this is the problem you have. This is why it's a really big problem. And this is how we're going to solve it. Problem solution marketing and just, you know, say it out. You don't have to edit it or anything. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, and we're talking about what's better attention business owners or calling out, like, uh, do you hate answering emails, whatever it may be? Yeah, uh, like, literally make two different selfie videos, boom, yeah, you got yourself a test.
0: How often do you recommend people um script that out and read from their phone versus uh just you know do however many takes you need to do?
1: I recommend well, first. It, If you need to just do it, do it, do it. Uh, I would recommend to um, script it out as as best you can, but take away all excuses at first, just do it. Uh, Who cares? Uh, If you're already running ads, take 20 seconds, 30 seconds uh, and upload it and then you're good to go. Uh, Once you've done that, then you want to script it out. And the reason why is you want... So with Facebook... Uh, there's a huge drop-off of audience consumption just after a couple of seconds. So you wanna lead with that benefit so where the highest volume of people are aware of why the heck they're even just watching the ad. Uh, Because if you talk about the benefits, say at the end of the uh, video, it's gonna be in the bear in the woods situation. Is anybody still there to know why they're watching the video? So scripting it out helps you better lead with that benefits. Uh, And then the way I like to talk about is you lead at the benefit. What is the uh, meat and potatoes of why someone should care? And the rest of what you're talking about is supporting how that benefit is possible.
0: So, yeah, I think I found, uh, you know, scripting is obviously going to have a, a little bit less of a natural feel to it. But then uh, there's times where, like, I'm like, all right, you have 15 seconds, <laughs> you know, to say this. Uh, and then it's just, like, 18, tw- 22 because it's, like, it's me, like, pausing for a second or or whatever. And it's just – it can be easier if you're really trying to spit it out to, to script it. Um, but I've also seen some really successful uh, organic – uh, just, just very organic looking ads. Like Ty Lopez is running a bunch of them right now, where he's just he must just pull out his phone and just one take it. Like doesn't he, like he's just probably putting out a bunch of first takes, just record himself. Hey guys, I'm help if you're uh, looking for an e-commerce store setup. You know, I'm I'm helping some people, and it's very like you feel like you're watching his organic story. Um, I don't know how they're doing, but I've seen a lot of those from him and I saw one from um Brad Leah. Uh I think it's just Brad Lee is how it's pronounced, but it's spelled Leah. But um he was running one where he's like, Hey guys, the the link was broken on the other ad, but this one should work. My guy fixed it. But yeah, click on this if you want to come to a conference in Miami. Uh I'll see you there. Like, and it was like really again, like, you know, he he led with the link was broken on the last one. See if this one works. That probably got more people to click to be like, "Oh, well, let me see if it works. Um, but yeah, I saw that ad over and over. So I'm like, it must be working for him. So there's, that again, just just test it, right? Uh, do it, maybe do an organic uh, or like one with that's totally natural and then you can script some too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, testing a high variety. And also uh, with Ty Lopez is he's probably done thousands and thousands and thousands i know for every time i record it like the stuff that i'll even do for social media it's me of like three minutes messing up a 15 seconds uh take uh uh so like the the more you practice uh at these as well the more authentic you're gonna come with uh, off when you do a script
0: too makes sense uh yeah reminds me of my uh best man speech I did for my buddy's wedding. I knew I was going to be the best man for like two years leading up to it. And I'm a planner. Like I'm a preparer. Like I was like, I went through like seven variations of that shit. Like, and by the end, I'm just like, it was like almost nerve wracking. Cause like the the guy before me got up, his brother just gets up there, looks at him and just speaks from the heart just starts bawling. I'm like, God damn it. And so I get up there and I've got like some pre-planned jokes and like, you know, I wish I just went with all jokes in the because I was like I was trying to keep it sentimental. I'm like, I don't have to cry though. I've said this speech like a hundred times by now, and this last guy just bawled so um so yeah there there's there's always cases where the organic works and times where the plan works
1: yeah my uh, ideal is uh uh you build up your subconscious so much that uh you can freestyle it that you can However, freestyle, yeah. If you don't build up your subconscious, like I've been at weddings, I'm just going to wing it, and you know that they practice for like 20 minutes, like in total. Oh, it was very entertaining for me.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it's it's entertaining because you watch them like struggle to find the words because they only. Oh yeah, I. So much, it's,
1: or... it's very entertaining when you see somebody bomb.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like some people will go up there or, or they'll bring their notes. If they bring their notes, it makes it easier. I don't do notes. I didn't bring notes. So I was like going pure from memory. And of course I like got back, sat back down. I'm like, I forgot to say this shit. So yeah, I'm like real methodical, but that's why I'm good at like doing business speeches because like I, I can say that to no end and I'll go up there, you know, no script and I'll just say the whole thing, but I've just said it so many damn times the exact <laughs> way that it works well for business but like what it came down to like and then cry here <laughs> you know <laughs> i was like i can't do it anymore so yeah i i do wish i probably i prepared a little bit less for that speech overall just because i was like i've said this so many times by now it's, it's not coming out of my mouth the way it did like in my now you're scrubs. saying
1: you're not as excited when you're saying because you said it many times you're just more of like a and congratulations oh,
0: been such a great friend you know (laughs) like like i cried when i wrote this but (laughs) i'm not going to now
1: (laughs) those tears are gone
0: yeah yeah exactly i should have mentioned that like yeah i I prepared a lot so like i did cry later you guys are just gonna get the dry version (laughs) um all right so any uh closing thoughts here gabe um i I think the only other thing that you might have talked to me about before that i don't know if we touched on was just storytelling um and writing a storytelling caption is that something that we should get into
1: yeah i i I just say the better you're telling your story uh typically the better results you're you're going to get uh and you want to you just want to storytell based how audiences consume on social media Uh, but the better you're able to get someone's aha and for them to be able to conceptualize like oh shoot that's why i should buy it and that the better story to, the better story that you tell is going to captivate people but it's also going to stick with people as well so that's uh, that's essentially what you want to be able to do is to tell the benefits for your audience as best as you can and also one thing to be aware of is there's going to be people who don't click on your ad however they're going to get a lift from the story that you're telling And you're going to be able to see that impact across your uh, organic search, your paid search if you're running paid search, even your email marketing, your sales funnel, everything down funnel, uh, which is everything. Because Facebook is typically going to be the audience's first uh, first touch point. The better you're able to do there, the better story you're able to tell, the stickier your brand is going to be throughout the audience's life cycle as they're experiencing your brand and deciding if it's the right decision for them.
0: And that can be hard to track, but uh, essentially I've seen this play out a lot of times myself where I've seen ads from companies a bunch and I might not even click because I'm not interested, but then when I'm like, oh, I'm ready to buy a hat now. Like I remember that brand before, like I remember what they were called. Uh, And that really is something to say. Like people don't have like that bad of memories, especially when you give them some kind of reason to remember you. And there's like coaches that have done this too, where Uh, There's a guy named Per Bristow. And I had seen so many ads from him about how he's like the voice coach and he's going to make your voice sound silky smooth on podcast radio. And he's just a guy that just makes your voice sound better so that you have an instrument that is more worthy of paying attention to. And at the time I was like, you know, already going through courses and didn't really care about it. But maybe it was partly his name too, per Bristow that I was like, I just remembered his name later. And I just like followed him like a week ago, even though I hadn't seen an ad from him for like a couple of years. So, yeah, there really is something to say about um, just because they don't click right then doesn't mean they're uh, they completely ignored you and they didn't get anything from it. Um, is there anything you can say about storytelling? Because I, I think um, when, when a lot of people hear about that, they're like, oh, tell the story of why I started the business. I get it. And sometimes that can be like the right one. But sometimes they're like, we started this because... Um, you know, we wanted to be our own boss, (laughs) you know, like if if it gets into like their own benefit for like why they wanted to start a business, it doesn't work. Like, what is this story sent usually focused on? Like the Eureka moment that they realized they had something that solves problems for people is like that. The, usually the story.
1: Yeah. First of all, the audience doesn't care who the hell you are. Yeah. They don't care about your backstory. They don't care about all your hard work. Uh, all they care about is themselves. So if you can be able to better tell that story of how they can improve their lives and what they are pursuing, then that's going to make the difference. Like if I tell you what school I went to (laughs) and uh, all the hard work I had to be able to get to where I'm at right now and like all the fundraising I did, ain't nobody going to be caring about that. Everybody is selfish.
0: It is that Uh, I think that's something that like anyone in marketing for a long time or sales uh, understands. And I was kind of joking with my friend the other day that like sometimes like the top top salesmen are really cynical about their view of life. uh, Because like the top salesman who sold Cutco, uh, that was my first direct sales job that I did for over seven years uh it looks like you got the knives or you're about to get them um <laughs> but based on you laughing here uh um, where you know I remember about
1: them. The, i remember growing up with cutco and like i had a bunch of friends who, who who sold me the cutco i sold the kirby
0: all right nice nice you get it you get it um but uh yeah throughout that time like the, so uh i learned like the, the top salesman he was so good at understanding objections and it's because he could always uh see beyond people's bullshit he knew that Everything they're saying is to benefit themselves. They don't care about me at all. Everything they're saying, um, I can translate. Like, they will never say what they're actually feeling, right? Like, buyers are liars, they say. Like, they're never saying exactly how they're feeling. But he was really good at always seeing beyond it because he could see – Based on me knowing the concept that everyone lives to serve themselves alone, um, even if their wording, you know, it, you know, is to support people or, or whatever, there still is like the like the even people who love giving to charity, right? They still do it because it feels good to them, right? If they they're like, dang, like that didn't I don't feel any better about it. Like they would never do it again, right? So there still is like the benefit there. But he was he's always really good at seeing the world like that. But he's also very cynical in that. Even his friends, he's like, "I see what you're trying to do to me," and I'm like, "I'm not, I'm not trying to screw you over, man." Like he's just like really, uh, he sees the world through the lens of uh, people are trying to gain something for themselves, and it makes it impossible to to lie to him.
1: Yeah, yeah I like that. Also, uh, one of the reasons why people give away so much money is so they can brag to their friends that they gave away so much money.
0: There's only so many like unanimous donors out there who at least don't you know like tell people oh yeah i unanimously donate not anymore not but you know um you know they and it's fine like i i think for like when i was growing up and i was starting to realize this i was like I want to be a giver, but like, I know at the root of it, like I'm doing it so that there's like some kind of return or the relationship might foster into something that could potentially benefit me. And then I was like, am I a bad person? And then like, I talked to someone in my company that was high up and like really big on the corporate gift giving. And he's like, no man, like if, if, if people weren't like aware of, I'm still doing this for some kind of benefit to myself, potentially like no gifting would even happen. So it's fine. Like it's just good to be aware of that. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's like, Hey, if you, you still donated to charity, even if you did it for a, a high for you, good, you deserved that. But it's way better than you saying, eh, that would make me feel good. And, you know, I don't want to do this for self-serving. So let me not donate to charity. It's, it's still better to, to give.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. One, 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 one thousand percent. Uh, I am totally on board.
0: So are you going to donate to the social bamboo podcast or not?
1: Oh man, uh, it matters how low the entry is. What? Uh,
0: how much money do you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's fifty dollars. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, we will
1: doing. We are doing an affiliate program, so I will be giving other ways.
0: All right, excellent. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate it, Gabe, and uh, great insight today. Again, guys, if you want to check out the interview that I did on Gabe's podcast, where we talk about more, um, you know, getting started with Facebook and Instagram ads for people who have a lower budget, go check that out in the description. And if you're like, I don't even know any of these terms at all, I've never even been back there, then I'd recommend you watch the YouTube video uh, in my description first, just so you can get familiar with the entire terms and the entire back end and everything that we're talking about will make complete sense to you. Make sure to follow Gabe. Gabe, where are you at? Yeah, you can check
1: me out at uh, at fact media uh, and that is f-a-c-q-t it stands for factual acquisition uh, media Uh, you can also check uh, check me out at fact.com
0: fact.com and the main service that he could help you with is if you are a business that is really ready to scale some ads and you already know that your product sells that's more where gabe takes over here to run your ads at a higher scale so um not as much if you're like you know just getting started and trying to figure things out if people even like your product yet or who your dream customer is Um, i mean certainly still give gabe a follow and reach out and let him know uh, where you're at and see if he could help you out Um, but if you are ready to scale to the moon that is where gabe's specialty lies so um go check him out there Gabe, so, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Derek.
0: Absolutely.